Hello, human peoples. You're listening to the podcast network of Gamefully Unemployed. Support us and gain access to great exclusive podcasts like Fox Mulder is a Maniac, Tom and Jeff Watch Batman, Star Trek The Next Futurama, and our latest show, Spiel Boys. Head over to patreon.com slash gamefullyunemployed. We do game streaming, movie nights with our patrons every Friday night, and you can even commission your own podcast about anything you want. Literally anything, within reason, and we have to do it. You are quite frankly out of excuses not to go visit patreon.com slash gamefullyunemployed. That's patreon.com slash G-A-M-E-F-U-L-L-Y unemployed, which is spelled like it sounds. Nick fucking Cage. Hi, everybody. Nick fucking Cage. Nick fucking Cage. Uh, My name is David Bell. My name isn't. It's Tom Ryman. And we just watched The Unbearable Weight of massive talent yeah we did yeah we sure did we sure did dave we sure diddly did we sure did we got another offer it's a million bucks it's to attend a wealthy gentleman's birthday party i would never do that it's the easiest gig ever you play yourself what do we know about this guy anyway is he into something strange it's not like he's gonna want you to suck his dick or fuck his wife or watch you watch him fuck his wife i wouldn't think so welcome to mallorca mr cage the guy that owns this house what's his name javi is javi gonna want me to uh play him javi Nick Cage. Uh, Tom, I was going to mention this before. Sorry, I don't, I don't mean to talk about other films. Uh, I also just watched uh, We're All Going to the World's Fair, Tom. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, and my quick review is don't expect it to be, if you're like, if you want like a really horror horror movie, it's not that, but I actually found the movie fascinating, and maybe at some point we can talk about it. Okay. Um, and the lead actress was terrific. Terrific. I've, I've, I've read interesting things about it, but that's not what we're talking about today, Dave. No, we're talking about... Uh, We're talking about uh, Nick Cage, the movie. Nick Cage, the movie. Uh, this is, of course, you know, everybody knows. Yeah. Uh, it's been getting great reviews. It's like, I just looked up who made it, and it's it's some guy. <laughs> it's yeah. just some guy. It's usually uh, who's responsible. Yeah, he worked on a show called Ghosted, which I never saw, uh, but n- hasn't really... This is, like, this is like his second film as a writer. Okay. And his second film as a director. And I don't know. That's impressive to me. Like, he really, uh, I don't know. He must have reached out. It's a big, uh, yeah, to, it's a big swing. Yeah. It's a big swing for your second film. But it just, uh, um, it, I, it must have just really spoken to Nick Cage. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I have a theory is that this probably had a lot of Nick Cage input, right? And it, it, it it's probably, it might have been a being John Malkovich situation where they like got him a script. But I feel like this is a script only Nicolas Cage could like approve of. Origi- you know what I mean? Like it feels like maybe it's a project he wanted to do and then they found people to do it. Uh, uh, not from what I've read in interviews with him. Wait, what? Not from what I've read in oh. interviews with him. No shit. Yeah, well, like this, okay. this, this project was conceived without his input. Interesting. Um, and, and of course, you... I don't know how much, I don't know, I'm sure he had a, uh, some input once he got brought on board, but no, he, oh, he, yeah. like, he was not the catalyst that got this movie created. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay. Well, how did you like this movie? Um, I thought it, I liked it. I thought it was, I thought it was fun. Uh, and it's pretty silly, Dave. It's pretty dang silly. Yeah, I really, I really enjoyed this movie. Yeah. I do, I do have one issue with it. Sure. Um, which, uh, is, uh. 
the beginning premise of Nicolas Cage being like a has-been, I do not accept that premise. Uh, and and that's the stuff where I'm like, did they write that? And then they give it to Nicolas Cage? Um, I know it's it's movie rules, right? Where the protagonist needs to be in a place of, you know. Yeah, he's got to like have an arc and learn something. Exactly. So I get it. I yeah. get it. Um, I get yeah. it. Yeah, this is a this is a really fun um, movie that you probably <laughs> seen the whole movie in the trailer. Uh, Just about they don't they don't show much of the third act in the trailer. They don't like it's they all don't. it's all the goofies. They don't show. This made me feel a little bit like adaptation. I was about to say this isn't the first Nicolas Cage movie that is like this. Yeah, this is a very meta movie. Yeah. And then Act Three becomes like a self-aware action sequence that then, you know, it it ends kind of like Get Shorty, where we're in like the real life standoff that then gives way into the movie version of the standoff that is produced sometime later. Right. Um, yeah, I, I it's yeah. I don't know where I was going. I don't remember what my point was with that. I'm just just throwing <laughs> well, that just out that, that it's, it's, that very, it's, very, it's meta. very meta. Yeah, and honestly. I, I didn't like I said we both liked this movie. I mm-hmm. I don't I don't have like too many critiques. In fact, I would say that I have zero critiques. There are certain things that I'm like I feel like I could have done without. Which one being I don't know if I needed the meta stuff. Uh, I don't I didn't hate it. Uh, but so for if people are wondering if they haven't watched it, so you you know from the trailers Nicolas Cage go, is like washed up. Um, what they don't tell you, which was a delight. Is that he is also seeing the young version of himself? Yes, uh, a whom de-aged he, Nicholas Cage, whom he calls Nikki. Nikki, uh, who is representing his, I would say, ego. Yeah, uh, he is the one who's kind of saying to him, like, "What are you doing, man? You know, like you, you, you're a superstar. Why, yeah. why are you taking this crap?" Um, they never shit on any of his movies, and I appreciate that. I would I would call this movie a celebration of movies in general. Yeah, there's actually a lot of interesting ideas in the movie or just thoughtful ideas, I suppose I'll say, because it's mostly about um, the fact that he's washed up or not washed up is sort of immaterial to the story they're telling. Yeah. It's just supposed to be. I, I think that was more of a of a plot device to give him a reason to accept this weird invitation to go to Javi's uh, compound in Mallorca for his birthday party. Like that's normally right. something uh, nobody would do <laughs> unless, right. and- unless you're in like the Tanya Harding stratosphere of, uh, of celebrity. You know what I mean? Where it's like, yeah, I would, I would actually argue that celebrities do shit like this all the time. I that's think. true. They do. That's true. You're, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you're right. it's kind of the way of like, when you go to Japan, there's like commercials with like Stallone in it that are like these huge oh, no, ads, I'm, and you're like, "What the fuck did this come from?" And it's like, "Yeah, like it's that idea that celebrities take jobs all the time that we're not aware of." It's not that specifically because that's still like kind of like a legitimate job. There, you can look. I'm forgetting who the, I'm forgetting which actors have done it, but there's been a few like actors and musicians and other performers in the entertainment industry that have shown up at like Saudi princes birthday parties. Exactly. Like there's where it's like, like literally that ha- is yeah. a real thing. 
if you're so rich that you can pay an actor what they would normally get for a role yeah to come hang uh, out at a party for one night yeah, yeah i'd probably do it too honestly yeah i, yeah, <laughs> I honestly i don't think any actor is i mean there might be some who like hate the principle of it but i think a lot of actors are like yeah fuck it man uh you know, and and yeah, if you're rich, you can you know you can do whatever you want. Yeah, you and can... it, those those things usually don't carry a whole lot of publicity, so you really kind of have to look for it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's so yeah, you're you're 100 right. I feel like that's the only reason that el- plot elements in the movie though, because it doesn't really. It's more about a guy who is at a sort of turning point in his career where he has to sort of decide whether he's going to keep trying to be Nicolas Cage, the movie star, or if he's going to settle more into what seems to actually nourish his like creativity and his soul, right. which is to just make movies because he likes making movies and to make like movies that are interesting to him. And then there's also the element of him not being an attentive husband and father because he's yes. so focused on his career. Right. And that that is the main arc. Yeah. The, yes. The movie has to, it's obviously not, autobiographical so it has no, to it has to do a few things it has to make us believe that nicholas cage is washed up it has to make us believe that um uh that this offer that pedro pascal uh you know gives to him is demeaning when like yeah i imagine it's it's actually I, I guess a million dollars for a weekend. I don't know what Nicolas Cage's rates are. Maybe that's it below seems his low. rates. It seems it low. It does seem low. Yeah. But, I, I imagine the people who do this get like a lot of money sent to like a, yeah. their favorite charity and probably get like a nice little uh, chartered jet trip. You know, I, there's, I imagine yeah. they probably throw a little bit at people to get them to take these in real, but like $1 million. Right for a weekend with Nicolas Cage, it does seem a little low. Yeah, it's like, it does. Nick, I feel like you can do better than that. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it, it's about, they, they do like, the inciting incident is basically he's trying out for a movie directed by David Gordon Green. David Gordon Green, uh, yeah, that was really <laughs> funny. Yeah. And, and oh, it was very funny. They have a whole bit where he's trying to do a Boston accent. Um, you know, Nicholas so, Cage like, isn't against making fun of himself. Yeah, and it's such like the 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 read he does for David Gordon Green is such a Boondock Saints piece of dialogue. Yeah. Like it's so early aughts indie crime thriller film. So it's right. like you immediately get a picture of the kind of movie that this probably is. Yeah, they're having a lot of fun making fun of everything of, of Hollywood, and... but not real. But you you touched on it earlier when they said they don't shit on any of his movies, and in, no, it, it's and at one point he even has the line where he's like, "Never shit on yourself." Like he tells that to himself. Yeah, and uh, it, it's about how great movies are. Yeah, it's they it, they poke fun at the industry, but they never really shit on it. Well, I I'd say what it is is it's it's like a roast. Yeah, in the sense that it's like. And it's not wrong. Movies are silly. Yeah, movies they're, are they're silly. Just, yeah, movies are silly. They've always been, they've never not been silly. And so it's about that idea of Nicolas Cage taking itself very seriously, but also like a celebration of films. And like, like when Pedro Pascal, when they, you know, it's in the trailer, where it's like, what's your top three favorite movies? Pedro Pascal answers, um, shit. Face off. <laughs> Face off. Um, the cabinet of Dr. Caligari. Caligari, yeah, right, because that's a plot point, and then Paddington, and then Paddington too. too, and then Nicolas Cage is like, "Come on, really?" And he's like, "Have you seen it?" And he's like, "No." And they cut to them seeing it, and he's crying, and he's like, "That's a really good fucking film," and like, it's that idea of like, it, it, they they do it a few times where it's like, what makes 
and it, it's kind of the basis of Nicolas Cage's career. Yes. Is like what people love is not necessarily the most amazing films. It's just what people love. They have that part where um the two agents are talking to each other. And, yeah. the, you know, he's like, I love Con Air. And she's like, I like the Croods. Um, I haven't seen the Croods. I'm 44 years old. Yeah, exactly. And so it's that idea of like Nicolas Cage. One of the most powerful things about him as an actor is he really does like have the entire spectrum covered where yeah. it's like any version of art house film to to the lowest common denominator he's got you covered i th- uh, yeah and i think the other thing the movie is saying because it's, it's like the basis of his connection with javi and it's it's a, a version of it is is the basis of it's the basis of his relationship with his daughter which is a thing he needs to adjust because his arc there is that he's kind of showing her all of the stuff he likes and he's not really right getting so kind of what the movie is saying is not the movie is saying that movies are silly but it's also saying that they're that they're not they're also like very important to people exactly. like they, they 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 mean a lot of things to people a lot of really deep things and it's like a lot it's it's like an emotional shorthand for for people's relationships and how people interact and connect with each other is through uh different pieces of art that spoke to them in the same way right and that's again why Nicolas cage is perfect for this Mm -hmm. because he he embodies that which is like films we love them what kind of film any kind that captain corelli's mandolin line oh yeah how did you meet his wife is played by sharon horgan which is great i didn't realize she was in this movie so that was a nice surprise Mm -hmm. uh but he asks nick cage like where'd you meet oh she was my makeup artist Oh, which film? Yeah. Captain Corelli's Mandolin. Yeah. Oh, it's a great film. Yeah, I think so. Underrated. Underrated. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, again, they never... They like He he certainly doesn't talk about all of his films. No. But whenever they bring up a film, they bring up the... You know, they it's bring like up the, Mandy. It's, bring, it's like the perfect film that they bring up. Like, they bring up... Like, the reason Javi wants him to come to his birthday that weekend is because when he was taking care of his uh dying father in the hospital he and his father bonded over guarding tests like yeah. they, they picked the perfect like obscure they picked the perfect kind it's of perfect. obscure for these movies which is right, really funny again and that's the point it's like yeah i i i you never i yeah. know exactly what they're talking about it's like everybody has yeah. someone they know who is into like some fucking movie that you're like nobody else likes that yeah movie. you never know what movie is going to connect with people yeah and so it's it's kind of it's it is definitely nicholas cage patting himself on the back in that regard um but not in a way that's like obnoxious or even direct it's just it and it's more of like Again, he's just the perfect model for something right, that the movie, is universal to movies. The movie doesn't treat it with like pure reverence. Like it knows no. it's kind of it knows it's kind of silly to to Again, have a guy yeah. be emotional about guarding tests, regardless of how you feel about guarding tests. I love that movie, but uh, so it's yeah, it's not like I just wanted to make it clear. Like the movie's yeah. not like oh, all of Nicolas Cage's movies are great, and anyone that thought any of these were bad is these movies are underrated it's not that's not the tone it's just no it's a celebration but it's again it's a roast and it's a, a way, yeah too. so they never let go of that absurdity like it's still yeah. absurd that this guy is saying how much guarding deaths meant to him right but then he also performs the shit out of it pedro yeah. pascal of course 
oh, nearly stealing the show. He's. I think that's what's important and what saves the, or not saves the movie because the movie's pretty good throughout, but what keeps the movie from becoming too mean-spirited or too much of uh, of like uh, fan service or not fan service uh too worshipful of Nicolas Cage right. uh is like Pedro Pascal and his performance and like a lot of the performances of some of the other secondary characters that talk about movies in in, in the film is because they're so sweetly earnest about it right and again, it, and it's because it recognizes how absurd the movies are. Yeah, it never, it never turns. Yeah, it's. I would say it's never mean spirited. It, it, it's not cruel towards fans. It never treats the idea of fandom as like stupid. Um, it, it doesn't even have a chance to really. But it doesn't make Nicolas Cage look like an amazing actor. Like no. that's part of the point. Is it's. It's making fun of how serious actors can be, but it's also not, again, shitting on it um, because it's it's balancing that idea of like actors are really full of themselves. They have these ridiculous egos. Movies are ridiculous, but re- like regardless of all that, they mean a lot to people. And that's what that's the balance that they're making. Yeah. And I think it works really well. Yeah, it does, which is admirable because that is not an easy tone to maintain no not at all and like nicholas cage is perfect for that yeah and so yeah he goes to um pedro well so yeah he he gets sorry uh david gordon green goes with someone else yeah decides to <laughs> the go with I- someone else the idea the no that oh, this might be my only note with the film the notion that david gordon green would turn down nicholas yeah. cage <laughs> Well, which well, it's contradictory because he clearly didn't because he's in this movie, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's uh, for sure. It's like, oh, I'm um, sorry. Was Nick Cage not good enough to be in the third Halloween movie? Yeah, yeah. Come on, man. Yeah, is Nick Cage isn't good enough for your highness. <laughs> um, yeah. So it, it becomes have this Nick moment. Cage stinking up Adventureland. Oh wait, that's not David. Oh wait, it is David uh, Gordon Green. Is it? I think so. Anyway, I've only seen all those movies once. I'll have to check my work on that. Sorry, folks, if I got that wrong. (laughs) Right. I guess technically the movie that he'd be auditioning for is the next Exorcist film. Or Hellraiser. Um, Because that's what he's doing next. But yeah, uh, he he, um, so he gets he doesn't get the role. So basically, that's what turns him to say, all right, fuck it. I'm going to take this million dollars and I'm going to quit acting. Um, Well, he 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 doesn't he, he, he misses the role and he kind of embarrasses himself and his daughter a little bit at his daughter's birthday. And his, his ex-wife has that real frank discussion with him. Like, look, you need to cut this shit out and pay attention to your daughter before she's an adult, before it's too late. So he's like, I got to quit so I can focus on my family. So it's like twofold. Like he's, he feels like the universe is telling him it's time to hang it up and be a family man. Right. Which is weird because he's also like ridiculously in debt. Yeah. So I, I guess the idea is he gets, he does this one job, pays off his debt and i don't know works at best buy like uh, realistically look it's 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 fine it's a comedy mm-hmm. realistically he would just do more like direct to dvd shit yeah uh to sustain his family but yeah he's essentially yeah they do this thing where he's it, he's a shitty father he's divorced he's he's all it me he makes everything about himself mm-hmm. like it's a lot of nicholas cage making himself seem like kind of 
they do again they do a good job where he just seems like you know kind of an asshole like a bet not a great father not intentionally uh, not intentionally it's that he's it's that he's self-absorbed yeah yeah exactly yeah, yeah. and he's got this ego that so, keeps visiting him yeah so i think that was uh, i think that kissing was him on the mouth <laughs> yeah he makes out with with young Nick Cage. so it's great. fucking good but I so did, good i did think that was a good way to do it to present to re, uh to present his relationship with his family because you know very often it can be a little hyperbolic or heavy-handed or something so i appreciated that it was something as simple as no he's just so self-involved that he doesn't he's not aware that he's sort yeah. of hurting everyone's feelings and so all he ultimately really needs to do is be more self-aware so it's not like this huge no hurdle i would, it, 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 i appreciated that it's not a huge hurdle but it's also like something that's vitally important that needs to be addressed yeah i would here's what i'll say is i think this movie is very safe in yeah. how it handles the character of nicholas cage oh yeah and oh, yeah. i think that is okay because we're not trying to do something uh, like the, at its core this is a buddy comedy yeah at its core and so all this stuff we're talking about is like really fun uh dressing for the actual adventure which is just him and pedro pascal taking acid and going on an adventure holy shit uh, the acid scene is the acid glorious. scene there's when they first when they're first driving after they've dropped the acid yeah. <laughs> pedro pascal gets this look on his face he like says something to nick cage and he turns back to the road because he's driving and he has this look on his face that made me laugh out loud yeah. in the theater by myself for like i don't know five seconds ten seconds yeah. this is one of my favorite acid scenes um, it's so good <laughs> yeah what so one of the very smart things they do is they never show what it's like to be on acid. They never try to do visuals or anything. It's purely watching two people on acid when you yourself, the audience, is not on acid. Yeah, it's just so exhausting. So it's just them, yeah. <laughs> and they get, like, super paranoid about somebody, um, two guys, and they try to run from them. They crash their car. Um, it's very delightful. The idea is he's on this... So he, he as in the trailer... Um, he gets picked up by the CIA who tells him this guy kidnapped the daughter of um, the president, not our president, forget which country, um, and, and is uh, holding Spain. her hostage, Spain, holding her hostage um, so that he can drop out. Oh, no, the pre the uh, candidate. So he can drop out of the election is the idea. Mm -hmm. um, and the plot they don't really talk about in the trailer is that the other plot is that Pedro Pascal has a script he wants Nicolas Cage to read. And Nicolas Cage is told by the CIA, like, you have to stay there longer. We have to find out what happened. They do a really good job at... It's a, it's a really good reason to keep him there, where they're basically like, this girl is the same age as your daughter. How would you feel? And it's enough to be like, okay, yeah, he's, he's motivated to do this. Uh, and so he says to Pedro Pascal, like, I want to, I want to stay some more and me and you, we should write a script together. So that's where the meta aspect comes into play is they start writing a script together. And of course it's like, Oh, what if we write about us, um, our adventures. And so it, it very much become an adaptation because what happens is the CIA is like, you should suggest a kidnapping plot. And then that will, um, and then, that, and then that happens <laughs> yeah yeah and that's what happens so we're watching the film that they they wrote basically yeah. yes uh and so um 
Yeah, uh, the reveal that's not in the trailer is that Pedro Pascal is not, in fact, the kidnapper. It's his cousin, um, which I was wondering how they were going to handle this, because obviously he wasn't going to be the bad guy. Did you at any point think, because they do this thing at the beginning where he pretends that he's being chased to get Nicolas Cage to like play along and like improv with him? Yeah. Did you for a second think that he was going to get the gamed? No. I did briefly, and then I realized that there were scenes with the CIA without Nicolas Cage. Yeah, and I was like, okay. And there's that a, would be there's a scene with Javi and his cousin, like a little bit later too, where his yeah, co- I had already they, dismissed yeah, yeah, it at yeah. that point. But like, I I had a, like that would have been because the whole time I'm wondering like, what's the out gonna be? Because Javi is not gonna be bad. Uh, but they do. They basically just say oh no yeah he's not bad he's been propped up by his cousin to to be the crime boss and that's why he gets taken care of is like he's getting paid essentially to to be the face and so he's actually like being bossed around by his cousin he's the patsy yeah he's the patsy so uh he also flies in Nicolas cage's family yep so it becomes a situation where their daughter gets kidnapped and Nicolas cage Mm. has to use the power of acting yeah he does to oh save his my daughter god <laughs> it's one of those moments where it's like fucking of course of course they do that yeah, of course he's gonna use the power of acting yeah because this like italian mob boss is coming in and they don't know what he looks <laughs> yeah, like it's just and it's as the you plot mentioned, of team america it is as you mentioned the 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 wife had, was a makeup artist so she it's sure like, was hmm. yeah so they he sneaks in doing a ridiculous character yeah he's doing basically he's he's doing jared leto in house of gucci (laughs) basically he's playing an aged italian crime boss that nobody has seen in 15 years i don't even know if they knew they were commenting on that aspect of acting these days but they absolutely do and it's so good it's very very funny yeah yeah, they do the jared leto or i guess colin farrell like just covered in bullshit doing this ridiculous voice and they all fall for it and of course again this is another point where they're lampooning acting because it's like it's obviously him um like one of the things they choose to do in this movie which is unfair but it works for the movie is the character of Nicolas cage they never show him being a great actor no they show him being Nicolas cage yeah and and it's it, it, it so every time he's acting it's him doing something ridiculous yeah uh, and so, yeah, he sneaks his way in. They save um, the daughter. It becomes, yeah, it becomes a full-blown action movie. I love when he, like, grabs the bad guy in the bag. I was like, fuck, it's Nicolas Cage. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, like, so... he's upset with himself that yeah. he got tricked by Nicolas <laughs> yeah. Cage. And then at that point, it's a delight that the actor throughout the rest is like, fucking Nicolas Cage. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> what a delight uh, so it, it becomes yeah. it becomes the action film that it says it's going to be it becomes a car chase mm-hmm. um it becomes this whole ridiculous situation where like javi um stays behind briefly which was kind of useless but it was fine it bought him a little um, bit of time it was just them paying off the all the yeah we're, he's standing we're, up. we're writing the movie that is then going to happen because you know there's right. that bit they show in the trailer where they're trying to climb over the wall and javi's like leave me i'll i'll buy you time and that's just yeah he does that again do. yeah yeah they pay off a few things they yeah they pay off that he's in love with the the other lady and mm-hmm. which is the oh, conversation man, when they, they have when they when they when he drives 
they drive out to the bluffs and they both think that they're about to Fredo Corleone the other. Yeah. Like, it's one and of the funniest they, scenes. It's so good. Like, they they're both shoes. so sad. Yeah, they trade shoes. They, so one of the key fucking and you can tell from the trailer one of the, the i would say the thing that's like holding up this movie is the relationship of pedro pascal and nicholas cage right yeah, yeah like it's just they're like two little kids that yeah. are just having so much fun they're having the best with each other yeah, they're having the best sleepover weekend and they don't want it to end exactly <laughs> it's basically what it is yeah, they become best pals, and it doesn't take long for that relationship to like be convincing. You know, yeah, they do enough that by that point where they both have to kill each other, that it's sad. They're so sad, and it's this moment they pull up to the like the cliffs where they both think they're gonna kill the other, and they, he's like, "Those are nice shoes," and he's like, "I don't really like them," and he's like, "I think they look good on you," and they trade the shoes, and they're like, "You want to do trade shoes permanently?" And they're so happy and so sad about it at the same time it's yeah (laughs) (laughs) and then yeah they both point guns at each other he has his golden guns um they uh don't want to kill each other which is in the trailer yeah i actually that's the one thing i wish they didn't put in the trailer i mean i obviously that's the way it was gonna go but yeah um and so um yeah, I'll, I'll, it's, you know what we we uh, we pointed it out already, but I will give this this trailer credit is that it keeps a lot of the plot out of it, which I, like there like does. you mentioned, it doesn't mention a thing about the fact that they're writing a movie. Um, it doesn't right. really show you any of the action stuff at the end. And one of the meta things also is they talk about like we should do the kidnapping stuff for like the trailer. Mm-hmm. We yeah. need scenes for the trailer, and it's during a scene where that's in the trailer. Yes, <laughs> yeah, which is um you know delightful a lot of meta bullshit there's so much good stuff in it it is it's it's a solid like i'm not gonna go through all the jokes but there's just some solid fucking jokes in this Mm -hmm. i will say it's apart good apart from yeah i was just gonna say it's not like a movie that really made me laugh out loud too much you know obviously i just mentioned a part that did but it's there's a few yeah it's mostly just a movie that's real silly from start to finish so it's I was more like smiling the whole time than yes. I was like really actively like laughing. I laughed more than I thought I would because I did not expect to laugh much during this. Uh-huh. I thought it was going to be real broad comedy appeal. And it is. It is. But it's the performances that are great. Like there's moments like when he does that audition for David Gordon yeah, Green. That's that r- didn't make me. Well, that didn't make me laugh. What made me laugh is then he's in the car after and he's got this big, proud smile. Yeah, he's so And he's like, stoked. I did it. <laughs> Yeah, he's like, I just rocked his world. Yeah, it's those moments that they, they <laughs> really nail. Um, and there was some dialogue shit. Um, what's her name? The um, CIA. Oh, um, uh, uh, Tiffany Haddish. Tiffany Haddish, I thought, did a great job. Yeah. Like, the part where she just screams into the phone and has a moment, and she's like, oh, that was that was way too loud. That was, that was really loud. But, yeah, there's yeah. little <laughs> moments like that that seem like they could have been improvs that yeah. are just like, oh, that was funny. You know, like, it, it felt... In terms of a comedy, they weren't they weren't trying to be Judd Abatow. They weren't trying like it felt very scripted. Um, it wasn't. Yeah, I wasn't busting my gut, but like you said, I was smiling the whole time because it's it's so endearing. Yeah, as a comedy, that's mm-hmm. like you you just you're. It's like it, it, it's sort of you. It just charged like it charged me, and I was into it, and so I was willing to follow it in a lot of places, you know. Like the bit where they're climbing over the wall, 
Yeah. That's like a pretty old bit <laughs> where it's like, oh, just go around, you know, like, oh, there's a door, whatever. That's an extremely old bit. But to see Nicolas Cage and Pedro Pascal do it. Yeah. And they're two really good actors having so much fun with it. It's like, oh, I love this. Yeah. I'm having so much fun. Uh, that's really what it is to me is mm -hmm. like the jokes weren't particularly original nope in some places but it didn't really matter because it was a joy yeah it was just like you said the performances are so like everybody's in it just completely yeah. with it and so like you can take even a joke that's you know a little hackneyed as oh you just go around the wall but they're they're just both in it like a hundred percent yeah they're doing so well really with it. making it work so yeah it's yeah it's it's just the 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 fucking vibe of the movie for lack of a better word it's just so fun. It's that. the performances. Like, I yeah. would say if this was made by people who weren't fully into it, uh, it would have it would have been a big problem, even with the same script. Yeah. Like, I think uh, part of it is that they are all just giving it their all. Mm -hmm. uh, and Nicolas Cage is doing great. Pedro Pascal is doing great. Fucking Doogie Howser's there. He's doing good. Yeah. Um, he's not yeah. in it that much. But no, he's only he's in like three scenes, but. Yeah. It's that weird balance where like where like people are playing themselves and then Neil Patrick Harris has to play not Neil Patrick Harris and you feel bad. You're like, "Oh, come on." Like, well, he got to do that in a bunch Neil of Patrick Harold, Harris. He got to do it in a bunch of Harold and Kumar movies. That's true. He's owed it. Uh to me more is in here. Yes, yeah, she sure is. <laughs> she plays the fictional version of Nicolas Cage's wife cuz basically what happens is it it's a big car chase. He crashes into the embassy. And then it hard cuts to the movie version of what's happening. So like suddenly he's still Nicolas Cage, but his family is played by famous people. Yeah. Um, I really, did you expect Michael Bay to show up? Cause I was like, where's Michael Bay? <laughs> Cause they make it look like a Michael Bay movie at the end. It will, it kind of ends um, like bad boys too. It's he comes, yeah. he crashes into the American embassy in Spain and, and they have like a, a, a standoff where right. the bad guy is holding a gun to his head. Right. So it just feels like yeah, it could have easily been. I didn't I wasn't expecting Michael Bay. No. I, I figured like I actually figured there'd be more people like celebrities showing up in this because it felt like such a celebration. Um I, I wonder if it's sort of the situation where like they made a lot of offers and they didn't get much back. Maybe. I, uh, I imagine it's you know it's a smaller budget, so they can't really like accommodate too many people's schedules. That's true. Because yeah. they got they kinda kinda get it made. Um, so you're not going to have, so you're not going to have like a gold member situation where like fucking everyone in, in Hollywood was in that movie. Right. Uh, in 2002. Oh yeah. Where everybody wanted to be in gold member. Yep. Oh hey. Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Who is the, um, the guy CIA agent? Um, Mike I recognize Bar Mike Baron name. Holtz. That's really familiar name. He's from mad TV. Uh, he's in the, he's in the, the first suicide squad. He's in yeah. the hunt. Um, okay. You've seen him and stuff. Yeah, I have. I have seen him and stuff. Uh, sure. <laughs> uh, Honestly, Jeff I might ran into him as a, at a farmer's market a couple of weeks ago and, and had a co whole conversation with him like, oh, hey, good to see you again. And then realized later that he's never actually met like Baronholtz. That's very like, funny. Oh, right. He I just don't... felt like in his heart that he <laughs> yeah. did. Yeah. He's like, oh, I feel like I know you. So like just, you know, you have that conversation with somebody. Yeah, and then like later he just realized, oh, I I've never met him. I just knew him from being Ike Barinholtz. He's apparently in Batman: The Audio Adventures. 
sure. is Two-Face. Yeah, that seems like a thing he'd do. You guys are going to have to, I mean, you guys are going to have to cover that, right? It's that's a podcast an inter- That's an interesting question, actually. Well, we can't watch it unless we're... Jeffrey Wright plays Batman. I know, yeah. <laughs> this is blowing my mind. It's pretty cool, yeah. Uh, I don't know if we'll cover it, though, because, you know, it's watch Batman, not listen that's... to Batman. All right, that's fair. John Leguizamo is the Riddler. See now you're talking. Now you, you all this, we're just doing Brent ads. Spiner. We're just doing Tom, ads is for the other Joker. media right now, Dave. Brent Brent Spiner's the Joker. Yeah, that's perfect. The data right, Joker. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That just I didn't know that existed. <laughs> um, yeah, and so at the end they do they they do they don't like dwell on like he's back. Mm-hmm. They don't really do that. They do like standing ovation. They're showing the movie, and then it's that they mostly focus on. Um, uh, Javi is like, oh, we want to. You got to stay behind. We got to do interviews. And he's like, no, I'm going to go hang out with my family. And so the end is basically him enjoying his family. Yeah, and watching Paddington too. It's showing that he can do both of the. Like he can still do the things that like nourish his spirit and creativity, and also be present for his family. Like he can right, do both it, things. And it's all still around movies because yeah. the idea, the whole thing with him and his daughter is you want to watch the movies you want to watch. Exactly. You never want to watch the movies I want to watch. So it's about the idea that we all connect through movies. Movies connect us. Mm-hmm. And like what symbolizes his selfishness is being like, you have to watch this movie. Oh, I can't believe you don't like this movie or haven't seen this movie. Oh, I, l- I really like the Humphrey Brogart. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's like she thought Humphrey Bogart was a porn star. Oh, that is a little disappointing. Although I guess yeah. it could work, like Humphrey. Yeah. Hum- Humphrey, right? Yeah, that's that's the other thing about this movie. Everybody gets to do fun stuff. Everybody yeah. gets jokes. Like it's not. It feels very devoid of ego, despite being a movie about Nicolas Cage's career yeah. with Nicolas Cage as himself and being called the unbearable weight of massive talent. Yeah, like it's, it's tongue in cheek. It is, but it, they could have very easily still made it so about him. Like the point of the movie is that it's not about him. Yes. Uh, not everything is about him. And they do that. They could have easily still had that point and not given everybody things to do, you know? Yeah. Um, and it feels like Nicolas Cage didn't need to be like the funniest person in the room. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. everybody kind of bounces off of everybody. It's very much treated just like a uh uh a um ensemble comedy yeah like it it never felt like like when they go to save the you know like his 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 wife is there like she's doing bits they give her a moment where she like bluffs out the bad guy yeah um so i don't know it it, it's very it's a very self-aware movie it really is impressive i think i think because i'm not gonna like it's not my favorite damn movie in the world but it's it was a really hard line to walk mm-hmm. like i think i said it on hypecast and someone else whatever our guest was agreed which was like this has potential to be a disaster oh yeah of course it's a yeah, difficult idea like, to pull off it really is and there was like a, a version of this film that would have been exhausting yeah and like overly meta uh and they they avoid that and they create a pretty delightful film yeah I feel like we've been talking too much. Do you have yeah, any other thoughts? I'm trying to think of if I have anything else to add. Um, yeah, other than just it's, I think it, you know, kind of speaks to the sort of actor Nicolas Cage is. Like, obviously, he has an ego. Um, but he's also right. he's also clearly just like a working actor. Like, Yeah, he, he also knows that he's funny. Yeah. Like, he knows that him buying himself a fucking 
a tomb with a pyramid in Florida or wherever is funny, you know? Yeah, or that it struck people as uh, he understands why people responded to it the way that they did. I actually yeah. read an interview. He's been doing a lot of, of what's well, one of the great things about a new Nick Cage movie is you get a whole new press cycle about Nick Cage. So he's been doing lots oh, of new yeah. interviews. Uh, and he talked about that and he was he was saying, well, look, you know, it, and it kind of made sense the way he talked about it. He was like, well, it, it, I think his dad had just died. So he was like, well, I was thinking a lot about death and I just wanted to, uh, you know, it was like not a, obviously not a fun thing to have to go through. So he was like, I just wanted to make sure all of my arrangements were taken care of so that when I go, nobody has to worry about anything. It's all right. taken care of. Oh, yeah. No, people do that all the time. Yeah. Uh, but of course, I think- you also realize it's funny that he has a pyramid in, in New Orleans. <laughs> Right. At the same time, like the, I haven't heard a single about a single purchase from Nicolas Cage that isn't something I would also purchase. Right. It's all awesome. Yeah. They make fun of that in this where yeah. he's like, I'll give you $20,000 for it. Yeah. After, after Javi tells him it cost him six. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, so I'll give you $20,000 for it. Yeah. Oh, but uh, shit. all I was going to say is um, the reason I bring that up, uh, pointing out the kind of actor that Nick Cage is, where he seems to be more game to like play with his image and, and make fun of himself. And he doesn't have to be the star all the time. You could never make this movie with a person like Steven Seagal. No, you couldn't. Um, Nicholas, again, he yeah. couldn't be more perfect for this movie. Yeah. Uh, he because he's a good actor and like I don't know much about him as a human being but like to make a movie like this it says something about yourself that is like that he does sort of have a healthy sense of self-awareness yeah uh, which of course the movie's about how he doesn't yeah but it's yeah it's yeah you absolutely couldn't make I mean I want to see an attempt but you couldn't make a Steven Seagal (laughs) version of this he would easily kill everyone in Mallorca like it yeah. would just it would be the worst i do want to see it but it would also be the worst film one of the worst movies ever made yeah and it's yeah it's it's i don't know it's a very good movie like i said i reject the premise that he was like they say it he was never uh gone when they keep saying nicholas cage is back um and i agree with that uh but yeah. oh also low-key i think my favorite joke of this whole movie nothing to do with meta or anything it's simply when they rescue his daughter and they get her in the car and they go, oh, do you, do you need like an apple or something? <laughs> yeah, he's trying to feed her. Yeah, which is every time I, my parents pick me up, they do that. Yeah. They say, okay, we got water for you. We got you a bagel. It's such a parent joke yeah. where it's like kid, like rescuing the kidnapped daughter in the car in a car chase. And they're like, hey, do you need water or anything? You got <laughs> you some apples. apples Tommy's got some apples yeah. up here. He's, got, he's like starts rattling off different yeah. kinds of apples that are in the Jeep. Yeah, that's such a good <laughs> gag. And again, that's kind of a strength of this movie is that it's not all gags about Nicolas Cage. No, no, there's it, actually, it, that was one of the things, I'm glad you brought that up because I did want to mention that. There's actually not as many as you'd expect. No, it's more just a comedy. Yeah. A buddy comedy. Like you could, you could technically make a movie like this where you do a fictional actor. Yeah. Who has to do this. It's better that it's Nicolas Cage. Yeah. But like most of the jokes don't rest on the it, fact. It didn't have we didn't to even be talk Nicolas about, Cage. Yeah, we didn't even talk about the fucking the knockout hand thing. Oh my god, that, was that whole sequence was so good. Right, we don't even. I, I don't want to explain nah, jokes, we won't. but we'll like, just leave that. there's there's a very good physical comedy scene. Yeah, um, there's he, he uh, puts again, he puts knockout powder on his hand. Uh, extrapolate from there. 
Yeah. And again, it's not a, a, a completely new joke, but it's just like they do it and they do it very well. Yep. And it's fun to see Nick Cage do that joke. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So I don't know. This is the type of movie right now that I think uh, there's like, if you like Nicolas Cage, if you like comedies, uh, there's no reason not to see this. It's it's almost entirely just a delight. Yeah. It's just it's just fun. It's not my favorite movie. Uh, it's not the best movie in the world. It's just a. It, I'll surely we'll see it again several more times. Oh yeah. It's just a solid comedy that was really fun. Yeah. This is a fun movie yeah. to watch. Real real breezy. Real light. Real breezy. It went by so fast. Yeah. It did. Like when it ended, I was like, wait. That's it? That's it? And I looked it up, and it's like, oh, it's an hour 50, but it didn't feel that way. It felt a little bit shorter, but uh, yeah. I think those run this... times add in all the credits, too. But That's fair. That's fair. So, yeah, like, you know, we've saw two movies back to back. We saw The Northman, and we saw this. Two very different films. Yeah, honestly, uh, that what's, what's crazy about this year is I don't need to see any other movies. I'm like, I'm all set after yeah, seeing those here. two, but there's, like, so much more that's coming out. <laughs> We keep saying it. This is a great fucking year this for movies. This is an movies. awesome year for movies. The movies yeah. are back, Dave. Yeah, the movies are back. Not that they went anywhere. Not that they went anywhere. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's all I got. Yeah, I don't have anything else to say. I think we can be done. All right. Hey, folks, thanks for listening. Uh, real quick, we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash gamefully unemployed. If you go on there, there's exclusive podcasts. For just $5 a month, you get access to Tom and Jeff Watch Batman, Fox Mulder's Maniac, Star Trek The Next Futurama, and Spielboys. Uh, we do custom We Just Watched episodes. That's something you can look at. For a bit more, you can also just watch movies with us every Friday night. That's a thing that we do um, almost every Friday night. I think next Friday is a little up in the air because we're both taking We're both going to be vacations. on vacay this week. Yeah, so this is actually... Yeah. Oh, you want Sorry, to... this, this is just the last one we're recording before going on vacation. Yeah, so no um, Hypecast this week. Uh, and there probably won't be a new We Just Watch next Monday, So, but we will. We are doing Doctor Strange. We'll probably do it the following week. Yeah, which I'm fine with. Yeah, it's fine. Um, so yeah, we will do Doctor Strange. We just won't do it immediately. Uh, and yeah, Friday night, movie night, it might be up in the air. But anyway, go on our Patreon, check out all that stuff, because there's a bunch of exclusive podcasts that will be coming out regularly. Mm -hmm. Speaking of which, Tom, you got to send me the new Batman early. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, a little bit of business. A little sure. peek behind the curtain, you guys. Yeah, you guys get to hear how the, the bat sausage is made. We also have a yeah, store. Yeah, I'm going to bring my... Oh, listen, Tom. Shut the listen. fuck up, Dave. I'm going to bring my laptop anyway, uh -huh. so like, it's not the end of the world if okay. you don't. All right, well, I'm trying to tell them about the store, if you mind. Okay, Zip fine. in your little soup coolers. All right. Um, All right. We have a store. Uh, head over to GameFitEmployed.com. You can find a link to our Teespring store. We have all kinds of cool original artwork and designs. You can get on t-shirts, mugs, stickers, posters, all kinds of things. Check that out. Tom, I never cool my soup. No, you're a, you're a, you're a, you're a daredevil. Time. You're a daredevil. Yeah. You're the evil Knievel of eating soup. Yep. Yeah, you yeah, just yeah. fucking plunge your face into hot soup bowls all the time. Mm -hmm. All the time. My face and mouth are a nightmare. You look like a catcher's mitt. It's incredible. Yeah. 